Hi, this is Jackie, and I'm going to be talking to you about the Extinction Disaster Education Network, also known as EDEN. The Extinction Disaster Education Network is a collaborative, multi-state effort by Extinction Services across the country to improve the delivery of services to citizens affected by disasters. EDN is the informative network from which land-grant universities and federal agencies assist communities in becoming more disaster resilient by implementing preparedness, mitigation, response, and recovery to both natural and man-made disasters. The mission of the Extension Disaster Education Network is to share education resources to reduce the impact of natural and man-made disasters. This mission is carried out through interdisciplinary and multi-state research and educational programs addressing disaster pre preparation, response, and recovery. Federal and state and local agencies and organizations help with this mission. Anticipation of future disaster education needs and actions, timely and prompt communications and delivery of information that meets audiences needs. The vision of EDEN is the premier provider of disaster education resources delivered through the land grant university system. Extension disaster work cuts across four program areas, agriculture and natural resources, family and consumer sciences, community resource and economic development, and 4-H and youth development, and an effort to increase effectiveness in reporting extension, research, and education related to disaster engagement. Work in these areas focuses on accepting the homeland security and emergency management process, including disaster preparedness, mitigation, response and recovery for individuals, youth, families, and communities. Mitigation may include, but is not limited to, disaster of human hazards, disaster of animal and plant hazards, and disaster costs. Areas of work include staff, volunteer and youth safety, general safety of all people in the community during a disaster, disaster planning and preparedness programs for individuals, youth and families, and extension disaster education courses accept disasters best practices and other best practices that reduce disasters impacts. Um, this information was brought to me by our local emergency management group that helps with our community and planning um, capacity building resources. And they also work with FEMA and financial wellness for individuals, youth and family. Um, one thing that I wanted to touch on that I know here in Western Colorado throughout the summer with severe drought and wildfires that have happened is caring for livestock during a disaster. Uh, many people in the United States are moving back to rural communities. For many reasons, these new rural residents often desire a lifestyle that includes owning horses, cattle, goats, chickens, ducks, and sheep, and many others. As people move closer to their natural resources, they also move farther from protection offered by urban and infrastructure. It can be argued that rural living offers improved, lower noise levels, and the feel for more you could call elbow room. In most cases, the response time and resources in rural areas are greatly reduced. Handling disasters and events which stretch from the capacity of the communities can only be approached with preparedness, pre-planned reaction, and post-event mitigation. 
During a disaster event, rural residents often find their personal safety large enough challenge with the added burden of caring for, fact, for livestock. A disaster is considered an incident that is beyond the scope of where an individual, local and community resources can deal with the event as an emergency. This usually indicates that either it happens very rapidly or there's no control or both. This is why emergency service responders use the response of emergencies you recover from your disaster. Normally, the response time for a disaster is extremely limited. If you're not aware of pre-existing conditions, you'll have even less time to respond. It is very important to develop a priority system for safety efforts. The accepted sequence for safety and evacuation is always people first, then pets, then livestock, then property. Your personal priority system may vary, but you should always put the safety of people far ahead of other concerns. Understand that your desires to address pets, livestock, and property will not precede the personal safety of everyone in the disaster-affected area. There are differences in the speed characteristics, risk and response protocols for different types of disasters. Some quick facts about dealing with livestock during a disaster. Adrenaline, panic, and confusion affect both humans and animals. The accepted sequence for safety and evacuation, remember, is always people first. The proper disaster management approach will vary with every disaster, and livestock management priorities during a disaster should focus on immediate safety. Touching back on wildfires that have seemed to be um, top priority this year with the summer drought and in uh, most states. Um, although the surface speeds of wildfires vary from five to 40 miles per hour, all wildfires generate smoke, heat, and sound. Livestock is very sensitive in response to wildfires anywhere within their sensory range. Normal reactions vary from nervousness to panic to aggressive and restrictive escape attempts. Livestock are often injured or killed by fleeing from wildfires into fences and barriers and other fire risks. Once the flight syndrome kicks in, it is retained long after the smoke, heat, and noise are removed. Some animal species such as alpacas, llamas, and especially horses become virtually unmanageable in the face of oncoming wildfire. In situation like this, experienced handlers, proper equipment, and firm and prompt evacuation is needed. In the case of a fast-moving fire, some landowners spray paint of their phone numbers on the side of their livestock or other, uh, attach other identification tags to animals. Please remember, do not leave halters on your animal. Oftentimes they get tangled in the fences when they're trying to escape. They can catch on trees, equipment, and other obstructions. Do not tie animals together when releasing them. The connection creates a hazard for the animals and people trying to recapture them. Try to avoid releasing animals unless absolutely necessary to protect your safety. They may run in accidentally towards other risks. Report the location, identification, and disposition of your livestock to authorities handling the disaster, especially if your animals are aggressive or nervous by nature. Have emergency numbers on your cell phone. 
Animals' reactions are often different during stress, just as humans. As previously mentioned, animals can be resistant in disasters and frightening such as blizzards and floods as well. During disasters that stimulate nervous reactions such as flash floods, wildfire, and tornadoes, animal owners may see a behavioral pattern from their livestock that are both unprepared and unable to handle. This is one reason why emergency disaster management directors limit how much time owners have to address their livestock. This delay may imperil the residents and secondary first responders. The local emergency system may have organized a predetermined group of volunteers who are trained, equipped, and coordinated to move into a disaster area to deal with livestock evacuation. These county animal response teams likely include local stockmen associations, rodeo contractors, animal control professionals. They operate in coordination and under the direction of the disaster team. They are also trained in incident command protocols and specific disaster risks and safety practices. Access and transportation difficulties can often happen during a natural disaster. Traditionally, livestock producers have the equipment, resources, experience, and practice to move livestock under a variety of conditions. Newer rural residents may lack the livestock equipment to move or enough equipment to handle their livestock population. This often stems from an operational philosophy. Producers expect the need to move large animals between forage sites and then off the site to market on a regular basis. Often acquisitions are made gradually without limited equipment. This result can be a bottleneck for evacuation purposes. Animal evacuation from a disaster must occur in a coordinated manner under the direction of the incident command team. Allow access without impending handling of the disaster and while protecting public safety. Any livestock handler will tell you that when stress and emergency combine while moving livestock is when you will find every hole in the fence, every sharp edge on the equipment, and every loose board on the trailer. Having properly designed and effectively maintained equipment and facilities are critical during disasters. Remember, you will be handling livestock with an extremely limited time frame. During several recent wildfires in Colorado, a media spokesperson quoted a fire boss saying, we need more trailers to get the livestock out of the area. Meaning, well, this information went out on television and radio, not realizing that the fire team already had trained animal evacuation volunteers en route, area citizens reacted by hooking up their trailers and heading to the fire area. These impromptu volunteers were stopped by law enforcement because they were not part of an official animal response team. The number of volunteers was so extensive that the resulting traffic congestion prevented access to the area, but not only to the actual animal evacuators, but also to the fire trucks, medical services over an extended period of time. Please remember, although you may be trying to help, you do need to leave it up to the emergency preparedness team. Now, switching gears and talking to emergency preparedness, starting with our home and our families. The best way for every individual to help during an emergency situation in a community is first prepare themselves. 
With the arrival of a tornado, a wildfire, and flood, it is time to plan ahead so property and precious lives can be protected. State and national government agencies, along with the Colorado State University Extension, have extensive resources for all types of emergency situations. Here are some basic guidelines to help your family prepare for basic needs, such as food and water. First, prepare a three-day supply for each person in your family. Consider these tips when preparing your shelf-stable food supply. First, store the food you like and normally eat. Rotate and use the food and water every 6 to 12 months. Consider small can sizes that provide just the number of servings you will consume at one time. If your power is off, refrigerating leftovers is not an option. Keep disposable eating utensils and a manual can opener on hand. If you don't have an alternative way to boil water, do not include instant foods. Store food packaged in cardboard boxes, thin plastic, or paper in metal, glass, or plastic containers to avoid insect and rodent damage. Choose self-stable foods that do not require refrigerator or freezer for storage. Once opened or prepared, many foods no longer are shelf-stable. A three-day supply of emergency food for one adult includes 18 to 33 servings from a grain group, 12 to 16 servings from a fruit group, and 9 to 15 servings from a vegetable group, 6 to 9 servings from the meat, poultry, fish, dry beans, eggs, and nut groups, and 6 to 9 servings from the milk, yogurt, and cheese group. Water is a critical item. Plan and store one gallon of water per day per person for drinking, cooking, and personal hygiene. Food-grade plastic or glass containers or any container that previously held food or beverages that are cleaned properly are suitable for water storage. Label each of the containers drinking water with a current date. For more information on water storage, and how to treat water, you can also look on the extension.colorado.edu disaster website. In addition to ensuring a supply of food and water, include an emergency supply kit. Many of these items you already have around the house. Gather and organize them into a bag, a small suitcase, or a plastic tote, and label it. Suggestions for an emergency supply kit include a personal first aid kit, a battery-powered flashlight with extra batteries, a battery-powered radio with extra batteries, personal medication, extra prescription medications or a list of prescriptions, hygiene items, extra clothing, blankets, a 12-hour light stick, a whistle to alert rescue parties, and a face mask to avoid inhalation of dangerous bacteria or smoke. Educating yourself about the different types of common emergency situations for your area or your state is another way to prepare ahead of time. Thank you, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and maybe learned some valuable information to help your families prepare in case they are ever, unfortunately, in a situation that there may need to be evacuated or evacuating your livestock.